Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. doing something here I have not done I can't remember when's the list I've done anything like this before the Lord gave me the word this message probably about three or four weeks ago and everything that's been going on the Lord's been confirming this morning was the cherry on the top of the ice cream praise God but I'm doing something I've not done before. I, I'm, I'm sitting here with no other outline. I don't, I don't have a fancy PowerPoint or a teaching guide or, or a, an outline here. Uh, I'm just coming up like I used to do and when I was a younger evangelist, come up and preach. And that's what I intend to do. I intend to give you the word. I don't, I, I don't have any time to give you an excuse. I intend to give you the word of the Lord as he's given it to me. And I, and I pray God will use it in your lives and the lives of those who may be watching uh, at home or somewhere or years later. May God use this and bless this. I want to thank, first of all, before I say anything else, for praying for my wife and myself through all of the different times the past couple of months we've been through. I, I feel like this is, I mean, this is the first Sunday night service I've been in. and uh, First time I've been in. I had an opportunity to be at, at my own home church on a Sunday night <laughs> in, in months. I mean, it's, it, I mean to, to, be, to be so long out of church like that is just it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, 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 I thank God. God's delivered me. <laughs> and uh, it's good to be home. It's good to be here and be given an opportunity to help share in the word of the Lord. So tonight I'm going to ask you to, to, uh, to just right now, I'm going to read just this first portion of Scripture. And as we do, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Let's ask that his will be done in each and every one of our lives. Father, we just thank you. We have this opportunity now, Lord, to look into your word, to hear what the Spirit says unto the church, Lord. This is no accident, God. You've, you've orchestrated everything in your perfect time and order. You have done all that here for us. Thank you. Lord, let your truth go forth and speak to whomever you wish it to be heard by. May our hearts be open to your word. May your spirit, Lord, come down and reign upon us and bring forth a harvest of praise unto you out of our our open hearts and minds. Lord, have your purposes done through this word. For, Lord, truly, as you say here, it is time to seek you. And we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Like I said, I don't get to preach often much. Uh, I may speak for an hour. I may speak for an hour and 10 minutes or just 10 minutes. I assure you, when the Spirit stops speaking, so will I. He has given me something to share with you. I want to read from Isaiah 55, verse 6. I believe it's up on the screen. If it's not, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. I'm reading out of the good old New King James Version of the Bible. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And we're going to be reading Colossians 3 later, but that we'll get into that at that appointed time. If I have a title for this message, I don't give them, but I would say it's time to seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord. As Sister Brandy has so well said in her declaration, uh, normal church is over. It's time for us to be looking ahead to newer things. And I submit to you things we've not thought of before, things we've not considered before. For the word here says that, that we need to seek the Lord while he may be found and to call upon him while he is near. And go down verses 8 and 9 where the thought is repeated. Repeated. God repeats himself as if, as if he needed to. He repeats himself. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. Have you ever had your parent or your mother repeat to you something? Ralph, get over here right now. Boy. I just told you, get over here right now. When, when a parent has to speak twice, uh, that usually means he, he means or she need to tell you something. There's something you need to hear. There's something you need to pay attention to. And that's what we're going to get into here. God is saying something to us here in conjunction with seeking him that we need to really get a hold of. It says, seek the the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. First of all, seeking the Lord is something we hear about all the time, right? We hear about seeking God here or there. We have to do a pilgrimage over this way to this church, or we have to buy this new book, or we have to seek the Lord through this new thing, or whatever spiritual technique that we hear people give. We hear it all the time. Let's seek the Lord this way. Let's seek the Lord that way. But again, let's go back to 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Could it be, I submit, that maybe the church is in the catastrophic struggle it is? I'm not talking just specifically about us. Oh, no. The body of Christ. Could it be that the church struggles as much as we do because we have failed to understand the one thing? Sometimes our thinking isn't his. We go down places, we go to avenues, we do things that, that, hey, they look great to us. They're our thoughts, right? But our thoughts are, are often not his. And our ways sometimes aren't necessarily his either. Now, after being the, I've been in the ministry since 1982, or 1983. 
I'm coming up on 40 years of, of ministry. God called me to, to preach way, way back in September of 1983, back in the dawn of time, back when dinosaurs walked the earth. And I thank God I happened to be going to a good church of God that was in revival. I, I, I was a disciple in a church that where, where, where the fire fell, where there was light, where souls were saved, demons were cast out, praise and worship went on. Now, I submit to you, all that was wonderful. And I, and I needed that, and it, and it was all of God. But I'm wanting to understand this now. These many years later, why is it that we have to ask ourselves continually, what does revival mean? What are we looking for when we talk about revival? We think we know what it is. One evangelist, the great evangelist Charles Finney said that a revival is the beginning of a new obedience to God. A new obedience. A fresh commitment to doing what he says in our lives. I mean, yeah, we, I thank God for all the things we could be doing. We could, we, we, could, we, could have, we could have fire services. We could have tunnels of fire and all kinds of things going on. Thank God that's all well and good, and God's in it. But there are times we got to get back to basics. we got to get back to what the Word says. And he's saying, seek the Lord while, he, while we may be found. And, we may, and I'm making such a big deal about this because, again, the thought is his ways are not always our ways. His ways and his thoughts are not always our thoughts. Could it be that we've been thinking what we think is revival when it really is just killing time between the next revival, the next evangelist? I mean, we really mean well, but there's a, but there's a calling that God's giving us here that we need to seek him while he can be found. What's that verse mean? You thought about that? that was, oh, God, Jesus. I could, I could unpack this. I could rile up and unpack this for the next several hours, but I won't. Don't worry. But there's something, there's great import in that verse. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Now, in the context of the verse, Isaiah was prophesying to evil Israel, Israel that was backslidden, Israel that had gone into idolatry, that had gone after other gods, and, 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 and a, a great nation that was just reduced to nothing by its sin. And he was calling comfort to these people who, who'd been through so much, who'd seen their leaders apostatize and, and burn children on molten altars all over the land and, and erect idols everywhere in high places. His godly people that were there were, that were under oppression. He's saying, look, seek the Lord while he may be found. He's warning them. He's saying, there's going to come a time in which you're going to look. You're going to seek. You're going to ask. You're going to knock. And he's not going to be there. Hello? That's what the Bible says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. There's, that means there's going to come a time in which he will not be found. Now, we know prophetically, and that's another whole thing I could go on right now, when we see in Bible prophecy, the prophecy in 2 first, in first, uh, Thessalonians 2, 
where there's the prophecy that Paul gives to the Thessalonians about the Holy Spirit being withdrawn out of the way, out of the earth. When the, when the, the man of wickedness, the Antichrist, comes to power and all of his system, that will occur. But I, that's not what he's referring to here. It could be. I think there's a dual message there. But he's saying, seek what I may be found. What, what do you do when you seek something that's found? What, what do you personally do? Let's say you lost a, a $20 bill. What do you typically do? What, what does the Bible say some women did? Man, they cleaned their house out looking for that. Jesus talked about the woman that swept her house, emptied her garbage, did everything she could to find that money. And what, what, was, the, what was the story? Once they found it, they, were, they threw a party. They found it rich. $20 went a long way in the Bible days. So they, they did a serious looking, and they found. In that context, finding means actually finding something, doing what you need to do to find it. But could it be, as we think about this thing called revival, as we seek it, could it be that sometimes those very things that distance us from what God wants us to see of him could be within our own selves? Could it be that maybe the things that we do, the thoughts that we entertain, I'm not, I'm not talking necessarily talking about sinful thoughts. I'm talking about maybe there's things that we may be adhering to that may not be what God wants of us. He says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, verse 9, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. There are times. I believe in the moving of the Spirit of God and spiritual gifts and people reading your mail. I believe in that. I believe in words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and words of prophecy. I believe that those are, those are divinely empowered enablements for us to enjoy ministration from God from. But there's sometimes I hear people ministering in that. That makes me cringe. They think they know God's voice. They think they know his, his, every comma that, he, that is on his, in his sentence of everything he says. That they know exactly what they, he, he says and how you should listen to it. How you should observe it. How you should adhere to it. And what does that mean? That means that leaves you in a, in a, with a choice. You either go, what is God's way? Or you just sit and wonder, well, what, what am I going to do next? And the pressure always seems to be, well, we need to be following something. See, and then what do we do? We're not finding the Lord. We're finding fables. We're finding idols. We're finding things that are keeping us from the very truth God wants us to have. That's what he's saying here. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Don't let people, don't let your traditions, don't let your all that you may be thinking that you know about God trip you up, weigh you down. Don't do that. Don't, don't err, my beloved brethren, like the Bible says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Don't let those things distance you any further from his truth. And then it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. He will have mercy on him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. 
the whole, throughout that entire set of verses, we, we see these wandering people, just wandering, looking for something that they can't catch. People wandering here or to and fro. And they were talking about the wicked, the unrighteous. Yes, this is, we, we, we can see people who do not know the Lord wandering in their own wastelands. But sometimes we're not any better. Sometimes we see people with, who've been in the church all their lives just as miserable as they are. But it can put a smile and good face on. Amen? Hello? It's the truth. It's what the word says. Let him return, it says, to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardoning means what? It means God coming and mercifully touching our lives and giving us anew what we really need. He's only going to give us what he knows we need. He's not, going to, he's not going to allow any other thing to rob him of his glory. Amen? To God alone be the glory in what he does in our lives. He alone gives us wisdom. He alone gives us direction. He alone will speak to everyone. He knows, you, he knows how to get his word across to you. Do you have spiritual ears? How long have you known him? The sheep, Jesus said, know the shepherd's voice. So if that's the truth, then what kind of thoughts? What are the voices you are hearing telling you? What thoughts are they imparting to you? What lines of thinking are they leading you in? We act, you know, we, we live on what we think, what we believe, what we trust. We, we live by it. And as I said, our ways typically aren't always informed by biblical truth by what the spirit would say to us. You know, there's, a, there's an old, uh, in the days of uh, Greek mythology, which are still everywhere, because everyone just seems to like really, uh, let me put this down for a second, I'm gonna lube the works here. Oh, this is why the uh, little tables here are so much work, handy to have them. In the days of Greek mythology, which infected the entire ancient world back then. There was the concept of heaven uh, that they called Elysium. And Elysium was to, was to them the place where when you died, when you lived this, lived this horrible hard scrabble subsistence living as, as a peasant in, in the ancient days of, 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 of the ancient civilizations back then, the Roman Empire and the, Greek, and the Greek civilizations, that once you left, you go to Elysium. That was heaven. That was the place of rest. How many of you ever watched the movie Gladiator? At the very end... Uh, in fact, it's, it's this, this, that concept is referred to throughout the entire movie. But at the very end, Maximus, the, the hero gladiator who saves Rome by his slaughtering the emperor, um, he's, he's dying. And as he's dying, he's going into what he believes is, is Elysium, where he will find a rest from his labors. And what does he do? He walks in, he takes his arm, he opens a door, he walks in. And what does he open? It's just another big field. It's his field. It's the farmland he was trying to get back to, to be with his family, to be with his, his son and daughter. 
To, to, to the ancients, Elysium was just a bigger earth. It was just a bigger land. That heaven that was, was just this, uh, this larger place where you could just pretty much be who you were, regardless what you were. You know, that there was an old saying that says, I'd not change it for the best to come as a life of pleasure in Elysium. Nice little ditty there, isn't it? They wouldn't change it for anything. Because that's what they believed. That was what their way taught them. That was what their thinking led them to believe about what, about what eternity held. But we know better. We've been given the word on what's better. And that's why, that is why God was using Isaiah to try to get the people of, of, of his time to realize, wake up! You're not thinking, you're not where you should be. You think of God as something he is not. Jeremiah says this. He says, he, Jeremiah was even harsher than, than, than Jeremiah. He, he, when he was talking about the situation, he says, he, he was saying, this, this is what his prophecy was from God. God told him, don't pray for this people. Woo. Don't pray for these people. Don't lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Now, this is a church full of intercessors, and I believe that's, that's, we've touched God daily with that. But what would you do if God told you, don't pray? Don't pray for these people. Why? He goes on to say, do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children, the children gather wood. The fathers kindle the fire. The women need dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. An idol. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? See, those are people who are, I would submit to are, are following their own thoughts. Their ways were not God's ways. And really, we're really no better. We're, we're human beings. We're, we're of the same cloth. And if we're not careful, we might be, 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 be lured along a way that keeps us from where God wants us to have in our lives. He he's so ready to give mercy. He's so ready to give blessing. He's so ready to anoint and deliver and set free. He's so ready to do that. But you know, there's only one way you're going to do it is if you're searching after him. And if you're searching after him, according to his way. No other way. There isn't any other way. There can't be. Because he's God. He's not going to lower himself to our specific Level just because everyone thinks that's the way it should be. You know, let's think about this this thought a second again. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You know, there's 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 a oh oh. I guess I don't get to preach much, so you can tell. I, I, there is so much in me I I wish I could share, but I'm just going to share one thought here out of out of out of Luke. 5 and 17, where this is a resting thought. Now, it happened on a certain day as he was teaching Jesus that there were Pharisees, teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And read what it says there. And the power of the Lord was present. 
to heal them. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. He was there to do things in the midst of all those hard-hearted people that that would have made them shudder. He was present, but he didn't. If you go on, there were other things he did do, but there was so much he couldn't do. And that's what the point he's saying here. What a horrible way to live when you're right in the middle of a desert and someone's handing you a glass of water. And you say, no, 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 I don't want that. That that don't taste right. I'm going to do something else. That's what people do. God can walk right up to people and and knock on their doors as gently, as gentlemanly as as we believe he does to let us know. I'm here. Come to me. All you are heavy laden and I will give you rest. That was the text of the last time I preached here. But what was the point Jesus said there? It says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke. Lay aside yours. That's the point. His, their, his, our ways too frequently conflict with his. We take a yoke unto ourselves that we should never have, have had to carry. That's his point. We need to understand he's right here. He's right here. Thank you, Jesus, that you're here. That you are here in our midst. Where two are gathered in your name, there you are in our midst. You're here. You said that, Lord. Lord, we seek you. We want to seek you tonight, Lord, while you are near. Lord, help our eyes, help our ears, help our minds, help all that we are. Turn from that which, Lord, is not of you that we encounter every day. Help us, Lord. Help us. For again, it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth. Think about that. The best we can do in thinking and understanding about God as good as we, and as certain as we know we can be in it. We can, we can certainly read the Bible and, re- and trust. God's word is trustworthy. His truth is, is established. We certainly, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put doubt on that, but what I'm saying is we, as the best we can do with that, there's even a greater depth in God. Hallelujah. A greater depth. That's as far removed from we are as the heaven is from the earth, as the sun is from the moon. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and in the midst of that, he's warning us again twice. My thoughts are not your thoughts. We're to love, what, did he, what did Jesus tell the young, young rich ruler? He's asked him, good master, how do I, how do I gain eternal life? How? So what is the, Jesus said, what is the commandment? You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sometimes we, 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 we are really big about, about being loving and passionate and emotional, but, but loving God with our minds a little bit more gets a little bit tougher. Because the, to, to, to love God with your mind is to think it's to consider, it's to weigh, it's to discern, it's, it's to make a decision on whether this is true or that's true. It's so much easier to just follow the leaders. It's so much easier to just do what everybody tells you, what, what looks good. 
But again, at our best, there's a warning here. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. We need to be take heed and make sure we're walking in that path that we don't commit the same mistakes that the people of Jeremiah's day did. M mobilizing their entire children, their entire households to, to, to feed and create and clothe their idols. You know, one of the most thrilling things I, I think I've seen in quite a while was when we were all, when, when Pastor put out the emergency phone call and suddenly, bingo, we had all those people out there. We were all unpacking them trees. That was so fun. But it was so wonderful to see us all coming together as a family. And watch it, I think it was Joseph watching him unloading all those things. He was, just, he was helping uh, everyone out there as much as he could. They were mobilized to a good thing. And sadly, people today, as we, as we see in Scripture, people are mobilized to less than good things. The things that are simply not God's ways. So what's the antidote? I want you to turn to Colossians. If, if, what are we going to do? We're in a time in which we are being confronted by all of this stuff, by things that, 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 we're, that make us uncertain. What do we do as a, as a solution? Colossians chapter 3. Verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. What are we talking about? Heavens, as the, as the heavens are higher than the earth. He's telling us, seek heavenly things. It's very easy in this day and age to really look a second best and think uh, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can mix a little of, the, of, of, of carnal things we do and spiritual and it'll, just all, it'll all look okay. God will accept me. God's gracious. He's saying, but if you're really raised to Christ, you're going to seek those things which are above. You're going to seek those things which are apart from this world, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. That's, remember the old saying, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to what? Die. We got to die. Our thinking, some of our thinking has got to change. Some of our ways we got to walk away from. Some of our, our thoughts we need to put aside. We need to have our minds renewed, as it's going to say here. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth. Again. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Idolatry. People think I, the day of idols is past. Oh my goodness, this is no Lord knows. It's a cottage industry everywhere. Idolatry is a misguided trust in anything at the expense of, of obedience to God's truth alone. Doesn't mean you just, you're just following a little, little statue set in a niche in your house. You can idolize anything, you can make an idol of anything in your life. Your hobbies, your job, all these different things of the earth can become an idol to us at the expense of Christ's lordship over us. He is calling us to seek him. He's calling us to find him. And he's doing it saying, listen, do it while, you, while it's still near, while you can still hear 
that you need to change. Put to death, he says, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. See, that's the difference. You got to be willing to die. When I was this unwashed, young, moist, ex-Roman Catholic believer in the Navy, I ain't know nothing. I knew, I knew I came to Christ. I believed on him, but I didn't know a thing about living for God. And here I am and going back to my ship with all these oversexed, womanizing, carousing men who were cooped up with each other, who routinely inoculate each other with all their filth, with all, their, with all of the carnal attitudes they had about life. And here I'm trying to purge myself of that stuff. I didn't know anything about what was right or wrong. All I knew is one thing. I need to live differently than I did before. And I wasn't going back to that. So I consequently, I didn't hang around with all these guys. I went to the, to, to the men's Christian fellowship on the ship. 5,000 man ship with an aircraft carrier. There's, a lot of, there's quite a few Christians there. It was great to see them. But it was also equally confusing when I saw them going ashore and partying. Saw them going ashore and excusing some of the things they did and telling me, well, I'm just weak, pray for me. See, I would submit those are men whose thoughts and ways were not God's. And God blessed them. They're, they're, they're probably just as confused as I was. I'm not crack casting stones at them. I am simply saying they needed a renewal and I needed a renewal and I needed to know I needed to live differently. And I had to, I had to somehow fight my way to this equilibrium. Therefore, it says, as it says here, and also, now you yourselves are to put off all these anger and wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you've put off the old man with his deeds and you've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. This is interesting how Paul points out, listen, that, that evil thinking, the way you've been, you've been persuaded to go is idolatry. It's, it's, again, it's a misguided trust. You put yourself in that position because you think that's what's right. It's not. It's, it's an idol. An idol it's idolatrous. It is even further interesting. In 1 John 5, the last verse of that chapter, the last verse of the book, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Why? Because it's so easy for us to forget our thinking is not God's thinking. We are men. We are people. And the only way we're going to change is what we've just shared with. The word of the Lord says we can be renewed in knowledge, according to the image of him. God will mercifully pardon us, as we've read. He will mercifully speak to us. We can return to him, and, and he will abundantly pardon. Are there attitudes or things that we struggle with? You better believe this preacher does. Uh, I, I, I've had so much oppressed sense against me, but so much of it is my own doing. But there's things that we all have to face because it's a war. It's a war for our individual spiritual lives that we need to be about. And then at the same time, we need to understand God's calling the entire church to understand. You're targets, people. 
You're in a war. And you're not even in the battle. You don't even know it. You just blindly float along as you would. God's saying, no, seek while it may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Father, we just thank you for the word that you've given. Lord, help us. In the name of Jesus, help us seek you, Lord. Help our minds be renewed by the image of you in us. Help us communicate and share with one another how we need to know you even as you're still at hand, Father. For, Lord, we know the day comes in which, Lord, not only Satan will, will be leashed upon the earth, but, Lord, we can fool ourselves. We can close our own minds off to you, Lord. Oh, God, help us. Help our loved ones. Help us here to seek you anew in the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me, please?